Podcast One production. Hello and welcome to my series, Koshi's Property Ladder, where I share my tips on how to become successful in the property market, either as an owner or investor. I'm David Kosh. Aussies love their bricks and mortar, but if you're still renting and making it work for your future by investing what you would otherwise be using to service a mortgage, then that's a good option for now. But if you've decided to take the plunge and buy, then listen up. I'm going to give you my tips for how to buy your home for the best possible price. You see, buying a house is an enormous financial and emotional strain on anyone. And making the right real estate choice could be the difference between a boom investment or buying a lemon that will be a financial disaster that drags you down for years. The key to success in property is preparation. So before you even start looking at property, you need to organise your finances so you can understand your limits. Success is about the right property at the right price with the right financing. So to make sure the home you buy is one you can actually afford, here are my seven steps to stay on track with this. Number one, check your credit score and your cash flow. This means doing a household budget to understand how much money is left over at the end of each month to use as repayments on a loan. Your lender is going to ask for your budget anyway, so you may as well get in first and get in shape. And if you need some help on how to do this, I have an episode dedicated to how to do a household budget in my other podcast series, Koshi's Easy Steps to Financial Success. Now, these lenders will focus on your ability to repay a loan as well as the monthly repayments. To do this, they'll look at how much you earn and how much you spend. That means you need to show you're a responsible spender and you can generate good income from a main job and any side hustles. The lender will also look at your credit score, so beat them to it and check it first. Go to getcreditscore.com.au to find out how you rate. The higher your credit score, the more they'll be prepared to lend and the better the discount you'll be able to negotiate on your interest rate. You see, banks have an advertised home loan interest and then a discounted rate according to how good a payer or customer you are. So a good credit score can mean significantly lower monthly payments. So if your score is not great, consider delaying your property purchase until you've repaired your credit score. Having other financial products like insurance and credit cards with the lender should also qualify you for a discount. Experts say a good rule of thumb for your monthly repayments is to make sure the total monthly repayment does not consume more than 30% of your take-home pay. If it is higher, then have a plan to reduce it over a short period or increase your income. Next, have enough cash for a deposit. Technically, you can negotiate any deposit with the vendor, 
a general rule of thumb is the shorter the settlement, the smaller the deposit can be negotiated. But your lender may stipulate a higher deposit so that you have greater equity in the property to protect the value of the home loan from any future falls in property values. Also remember that if the deposit is less than 20%, the lender will often require you to take out mortgage insurance, which will cost about half to 1% of the value of the loan each year. So that discount on the interest rate for being a good customer could be eaten up in insurance costs. Then get the home loan pre-approved. Once you have your financial budget in order and have decided to take the plunge into property, determine how much you can afford to spend and stick to that limit. Talk to the lender about a pre-approved loan up to a certain limit before house hunting, which demonstrates to you, the real estate agent, and to vendors how much you can afford. When you're in a bidding battle with other potential buyers, a vendor will usually take an offer from those with a pre-approval letter before those without one. Remember though, you don't have to spend every dollar up to the approved loan. It's generally good practice to aim for a home that costs less than the maximum approved amount. You keep a bit up your sleeve. I'll cover the best ways to finance a property purchase in a later episode of this podcast. And always remember to plan for surprise expenses. Even if you can afford the monthly payment, be aware of the hidden costs of buying property. Buying a home means stamp duty, legal fees, insurance and council rates that can add up to hundreds of dollars a month. So take this into account when you're deciding if you can afford a house or not. If you've been a long-time renter, these extra costs can be a shock. So make sure you're well-prepared and have a bit of a slush fund in the household budget before committing to a mortgage. And if you're a first-home buyer, don't forget to check whether you qualify for a first-homeowner's grant and any stamp duty concessions in your state. And these concessions vary from state to state. Now that the financing is done, the search is on, which inevitably means finding the right real estate agent for your specific needs. Never forget that real estate agents are working for the vendor. The higher the price they can get out of you, the more they receive in commission from the seller. But having said that, finding a good real estate agent who understands your needs can be a real help in the long run. Reach out to friends and neighbours for recommendations and interview several options to determine their level of experience and expertise in the particular suburbs you're interested in. Buyer's agents are also becoming popular. A buyer's agent acts for you, the buyer, and does all the legwork of finding the perfect home and dealing with real estate agents, but for a fee. It can be a flat fee or a percentage of the value of the property. Next, start the hunting within your price range. 
set out what are the must-haves for you so that if you fall in love with a property, you have a checklist to make sure that it's a good choice both for your lifestyle and your needs as well. Start off by determining your general needs, where you want to live, how many bedrooms and bathrooms you need, school zones for any kids, proximity to transport and shops, that sort of thing. Technology means you can do a lot of the legwork and become your own expert. Websites like realestate.com.au and domain.com.au have become research essentials. So download the apps and get house hunting. They have full sales histories of virtually every house, investment performance of the area, a rundown of facilities, the lot. There is just so much information available, you must go through it. Now, once you've zeroed in on a property, put in an offer that you're comfortable with. Buying a home is a very emotional process, so it's important to remain rational and stick with your price limit. And understanding the other costs that will come into play external to the cost of the property itself. A lot of times people will go way over their limit because they get caught up in the bidding wars and because they love the house so much. Realistically, expect to miss out on a few homes before you find the one. Please don't just put in an offer because you're emotionally attached and desperate to finish the process. If the property's going to auction, some agents say to make a preemptive strike and go in with an offer before the auction. Remember, the vendor can be just as nervous as you. They want a certain price, and the auction is the difference between jubilation and disappointment. A realistic offer before the auction could put you, the buyer, and the vendor out of their stress. So how do you actually buy a property? Well, there are basically two ways to buy a property, at auction or private treaty. Let's start with auctions. It will probably be, (laughs) I reckon, the most harrowing experience you will ever be part of. In just a few minutes, you could make the biggest investment decision of your life. Hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars. One mistake and it will cost you big dough. Success at auction, once again, comes back to preparation. So do your homework and do it beforehand. Remember, auctioneers try to squeeze every dollar out of bidders for the good of their client and their commissions. Knowing the market is essential to understanding what's a bargain and what's overpriced. Before you go to auction, check out the contract, see what the property includes, and make sure it's clear of any major defects the property might have. If there are any defects, be clear about what they are and what this means for your pocket and your property. And please, make sure the contract is checked by a solicitor. Now, the big day, auction day. Arrive early for one last look at the property 
and a final check of that contract. Inexperienced or less confident buyers at auctions may want to appoint someone else more experienced to do the bidding, but it must be someone you trust because if they're successful, a deposit has to be paid immediately. On arrival, introduce yourself to the auctioneer. Let them know that you're interested in buying. This will mean they'll watch out for you during the bidding, knowing that you might want to bid. There are all sorts of theories about where to stand at the front to set the pace or at the back to observe everybody else. The auctioneers recommend at the front to the side. This means you're in easy view of the auctioneer to make a bid and can also observe the other competing bidders. Okay, so the time has come. This is war. No more Mr. Nice Guy or Girl beating the other bidders any way you can to get the property at the price you want is your main priority. Do not be intimidated by the auction. It'll start with the auctioneer going through the usual patter to put everyone at ease and then asking if there are any questions. Those who play tough will use this to unsettle the opposition. They'll ask about the supposed six-lane highway which is planned to run past the front gate or the rumour that approval has been given for a high-rise apartment block next door. See, I wasn't kidding when I said it was a war. Experienced auctioneers will dismiss these types of questions with a quick put-down of the bidder. But you never know, it could just unsettle some other potential bidders. When you're ready to make a bid, bid with confidence and show you're determined. Maybe adopt the blow-them-out-of-the-water approach by bidding in large increments to deter other competitors. There are no hard and fast rules on bidding, but bid low and bid often and only bid what you can afford is the best advice I've ever received. When bidding is slow, a common tactic of the auctioneer is to pull out so-called phantom bids or bids on behalf of the vendor. You're well within your rights to stop the auction at any time and ask who you're bidding against or whether the auctioneer is bidding on behalf of the vendor. As I've said, Auctions can be really stressful, so be prepared and good luck. Now, the other way to buy property is through private treaty. This is usually based on the vendor setting a fixed price. If you like a property and you've done all your background checks, put in a genuine offer and get a feel for how negotiable the vendor is. Negotiating the price down depends on the amount and demand for the property from other buyers. Having finance pre-approved or offering to settle quickly can also be a good negotiating tool. But remember, in a rising market, you might be better off buying now than holding out for a couple of months. But if the market's falling, then it's probably worth playing the long game. Let's talk about buying off the plan. This is where you buy a property before it's even been built. So it is literally off the plan. To do this, you put down a 10% deposit on an apartment at an agreed price and then settle the full amount in a year or two when the property is built. The attraction of this for many people 
is the prospect of literally getting in on the ground floor at a fixed price, hoping that in two years' time on completion, the market value would have moved higher for a good capital gain. But if you are planning on buying off the plan, you'll need to do considerably more homework than you would if you were buying an existing completed property. First up, understand that buying off the plan, you're doing the developer a big favour as well. Developers are keen to start selling off the plan early because it will please their bank manager when they try and finance the development. Banks see property development as a risky business. So if a developer comes to them with, say, half the building sold off the plan, then they're more likely to lend the money at a reasonable rate to build the property. So never think the developer is doing you a favour by allowing you the privilege of buying off the plan. They need your business. Pre-commitment agreements see buyers into into a purchase contract and pay a deposit, which ties the developer to making a decision by a certain date to whether the development will actually go ahead or not. This agreement includes commitments to a firm completion date and specific details of the final product, should it be built. If the development falls through before the final decision date, buyers get their deposits back. Now, deposits generally range from between 2 and 10%, with completion dates one to two years after. The one advantage for buyers committing early in so much uncertainty is the sale price is often discounted or you have a greater number of dwellings to choose from. Generally, buying this way allows buyers to purchase an asset at today's prices that may be more valuable at tomorrow's prices. But of course, as always, there are no guarantees that the value will rise. In fact, some buyers have been forced to sell because values have dropped by the settlement date and financiers have tightened their lending criteria. But it's the prospect of capital gain which entices many investors to speculate, paying the deposit up front with the intention of selling closer to completion before they have to settle and pay the balance. The great risk of buying off the plan is that the reality doesn't match the plan when the property is built. So get good advice to make sure that the materials used, the fixtures and fittings promised, are all what you signed up for and only deal with a reputable builder. So the great Australian dream is alive and well and real estate agents thank their lucky stars for that fact every single day. Well, that brings me to the end of this episode of buying your own home for the best possible price. Good luck with it. And if you want to learn more, head to the Your Money and Your Life website. There are plenty of articles and more great hints. That's ymyl.com.au. Thanks for your company and good luck on climbing the property ladder. Koshy's Property Ladder was presented by David Kosh and created in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Producer, Melody Ruiz. Executive producer, Jennifer Goggin. Sound production by Darcy Thompson. 
For more episodes, listen for free at podcastoneaustralia.com.au. Download the free Podcast One Australia app or search Koshy's Property Ladder Podcast.